You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ and my Hammers 11. Oh, it's already started. Texas is already on it. Come on, your wines. Hope everyone is safe and well. For your channel, please consider subscribing. Hitting the bell icon to make it any time we put new content on. We have another friend from across the pond, and I'm looking forward to this one. The Fresno's Hammers, Irons rather, the Fresno Irons come with um, some of a reputation. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to talking to Tex. How are you, Tex? How are things? I'm doing well, just trying to uh, figure it out in this crazy California environment. You know, uh, COVID-19 pretty much has halted everything. Yeah. I'm sure it's the uh, same thing for you guys over there, but we're just doing the best we can, man. One day at a time. One That's day at a time. Do. One day at a time. Yes, we are. I think, we, I think we've, I think today Boris has, Boris has announced we're on tier two. He's kind of some tiering system now, so fuck knows what's going to go on, but yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah, we're. We just moved into tier three over here, but I don't understand why. And I think there's about 30 tiers for us. So we're still way down <laughs> of where we want to be. Oh, there's only three, but it just seems very confusing. And based on where you live, you're in a different tier. But, oh, Christ knows. I don't know. I'll just stay in and keep my nose, wash my hands. I'll be all right. Yeah. That's... <laughs> so apart from that, apart from like, obviously, that how how you doing, man? How, how's it? How are you coping with all the, you know, just all the stuff that's going on over there? Well, as far as the Fresno Iron is concerned, you know, we're, uh, it, we've been doing house parties for the uh, matches. Yeah. That's about the best we can do. Most bars aren't allowed to be open. Uh, so we've been kind of getting together and we do our best to social distance. But if we score a goal, so the last two weeks we're hugging, like it, it happens. There's nothing, you know, we're all just trying to be smart about it, but we're doing the best we can. So it's, it's, yeah. it's hurt the culture here in Fresno a little yeah. bit, but for us, it's actually been kind of fun, you know, just doing the house party thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must be cool. And it's like, you're right. It's, uh, yeah, West Ham hasn't helped as they in the last couple of games <laughs> in terms of maintaining social distancing. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I'm fine with it. If I catch COVID because they uh, scored a goal, I'm, I, it's something I'm willing to risk. <laughs> Fuck if they do it next week against Tottenham, I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> that, that, exactly. If they beat Tottenham and we beat them the way we beat down Leicester and Wolves, I am. Oh, I'm going to be over the moon, over the moon. 
That's it. I'll, I'll, I'll self-isolate for two weeks. I'll be all right, man. I'll be all right. Yeah, I know. He's, he's, he's awful, isn't it? But um, that is just the way it is. There's nothing to do about it, is it? So, And at least West Ham are winning, so it's not like there's an added frustration on top of everything else. You know what I mean? Not only is it yeah. you're over there, you've got the fires over there at the moment, you know, you've got COVID. And if West Ham got turned over the last couple of games, it would have been even worse. And let's be honest, going into the last two games, it wasn't looking good for us. It was not. So, look, as much as this pains me to say, because I'm not a fan of the man, but David Moyes, maybe he's figured it out. Maybe I'm jumping the gun on that. But, oh, man, like, God, we look good those last two games. We did. We did. And to be fair, I mean, you look at, like, ever since the first restart, like last season, there's only been two games where we sort of have been shit, and they all proper shit. And it's, it's the first game since restart so as we played wolves last season and the newcastle game this season ever since we've sort of done a bit better do you know what i mean it's like it hasn't been too shabby and so yeah i know what you mean the new formation sort of the three at the back it, you know it worked last time as well i remember when Moyes was here for the first stint and that three at the back solids everything up the, the best thing about the three in the back is Cresswell looks like a different player. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, he, he looks at home. He looks comfortable. He looks dangerous again. Um, something ever since his injury, he's just been – he's a player I've always really enjoyed. Um, yeah. But I have to admit, like, the last year and a half, two years, he's been proper shit. He really yeah. has. Yeah. And But now in this back three, he looks like a different player. Mm. And that's why I think Moyes – he, I give him Moyes credit on Arnautovic putting him up at the top. That changed mm-hmm. Arnautovic's whole yeah, uh, season and our season, uh, getting him. So Moyes is as much dumb shit as he does every once in a while. You know, he makes he makes a smart Moyes play. Doing yeah, you're right. And if anything, and also not just Cresswell, but Masuaku. You know, Masuaku was a bit like a joke player, uh, really, as a, as a defender. Um, you know, and now it's like he's like when he got injured. When he got uh, when he was apparently injured, he got came, He's not injured, but he sort of came back from international journey, uh, duty. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, Masuaku, injured. What are we gonna do?" It's like fuck, like you know, two year, a year ago, we wouldn't give a shit if he was. You know, it's just so funny how football's just cyclical. It just turns itself around all the time, man. Yeah, the thing about Masuaku is when we got him from Olympiacos and Slavin brought him in. Like he was a defender, so we looked at him through that lens. But he was the one that said, I only played in the defense because I'm at Olympiakos in the Greek League. Nobody even challenges me. Yeah, so yeah. he was had a license to go forward. He's always been a midfielder everywhere he's played except for Olympiakos. So when I look at him, like when he's in an advanced role, he is hands down. He's probably our most technical player. Yeah, he is probably yeah. our most technical player. He can make anybody miss. Yeah, I mean, even like, and it's, it's funny how it all, all changes because, I mean, bloody, I mean, Anderson, God rest his soul, who's no longer, currently no longer with us. I mean, he was, he played left back, I remember, I remember for Lazio quite a few games. And it's like, you know, it, it's probably, again, it's probably the same thing. He wasn't really challenged. Uh, so they could put that sort of extra midfielder, really, on the, on the, on the left. And uh, no, we'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Spurs, look up. Uh, everyone's really confident about spurt i've been speaking to a few people and they're like yeah we're gonna do them we're gonna turn them over it's like do you know what fair play it's nice for us to have our be a bit cocky because we've never this season for a while we haven't been that sort of you know tails up you know we're gonna we're gonna beat everyone we're like oh god how are we gonna lose to today so it's nice that people are a bit more up with the team do you know what i mean support the team man that's what it's about isn't it 
Well, I mean, we have Mikel Antonio. So as long as Antonio's out there against Spurs, good things are going to happen. The man is, he's got their number. It's kind of like Lukaku had our number. Antonio's got Spurs number. Yeah. And hopefully, I mean, obviously England played yesterday and Eric Dyer was playing center back and he was Dyer. So I hope, (laughs) I hope that Mourinho didn't see the game and puts him right in center back. Because if he did, Antonio is going to have an absolute field day on the weekend. I'm going to go on a limb and say there's not a lot of center backs that can stop Mikel Antonio. There's just just, not. No. I think the only person I've seen who stopped Mikel Antonio was Troy Ore for Wolves. When he, he was the only one I can see, because obviously he's probably a little bit more muscular than him. And so that was the only time he found, he pushed him over. And I was like, oh my God, there's no one I can think of who's got that level of strength. He's just, uh, he's just brilliant. Antonio's just got like this sort of, I don't know, he's just got the bit between his teeth and it's just working, you know, and he's raw and he, no one, he's unpredictable and... So what you're saying is he's a true West Ham player because yeah, everything you described is everything we want and a player it that is. plays on the pitch. It is. And, and you know, and until the last sort of half dozen, last dozen or so games, he was a proper West Ham player because he'd have one good game in three. So, you know, just same as West Ham did. So, you know, it's just unusual. But what I like about the, the Moyes team he's got at the moment is we always look like we're going to score. We always like we've got a goal in us. Do you know what I mean? Um, many, many a year where I look at the team and it's like where the goal's coming from. But now it's like, it's, it's encouraging. It's encouraging. And so uh, hopefully, you know, a few more will sign before Friday. We've obviously got Craig Dawson signed on a, on a full season-long loan, which I think is quite a bit of shrewd business, to be honest, on a loan. And hopefully we get, uh, the, I mean, if we get the boy Ben Rami, I'm, he's the guy I think he's like. I... I, I have mixed emotions on yeah. Benarama. I have mixed emotions. My my whole thing is this. We've all talked about you got to back the manager whether you like him or not. So when you look at David Moyes, the couple of things he asked for is center back cover. We brought that in. We yeah. needed a right back. We got that in. Um, I don't agree with selling of Grady D and Gun. I'm like every other West End fan. I'm not going to say anything that we haven't already been said sure. on some yeah. platform. Um, the thing is that that's where my frustration comes in is you want to bring in a guy like Benarama well, Grady Diangana is kind of the same position, kind of the same type of player, maybe not as physically imposing. So that's where my frustration kind of lies is Benarama better come and just turn this club over and just absolutely yeah. change everything we are because Grady Diangana was was deadly at West Brom. Deadly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he against the game against Everton, he put Everton up 1-0 uh, yeah. early in the game. I got up just to watch that match, just to see him. <laughs> and I remember he scored the goal, and I texted everybody in our group. I was like, fuck the fuck GSB. I cannot believe this shit. Like, I, I was just like every other West Ham fan, just yeah, out of yeah, my yeah. mind. Um, so that – and I know what you mean. I know – I understand what you mean. I understand. And, and, and it's one of those things where it is it's frustrating. I know that because it's like – but. To be honest, it's like we've always sold our best players. We've always said that young, you know, we look back, fuck, you know, it's like I've interviewed like, you know, the Harry Redknapp and people like that. And they had like, you know, Joe Cole and they had Rio and Glenn Johnson. Yeah, we I think we sold Joe Cole for like six or seven, like fuck all really, you know, money compared to, you know, someone else. We got done over with Rio. We've never get sort of the, the value we get on players, but I've just got, do you know what? I've got this feeling about Ben Rama. I don't know what it is. He just reminds me a little bit of Pyatt. I want to say that. Ooh. Ooh, do you know what that's I mean? a shout. That is a shout right there. But, but he's got, he's, he looks like, you know, we, and that's one thing we don't have. We don't have, I thought we did, 
in Anderson. I thought Anderson, when he joined, was, you know, he had a bit about him. He was technically skillful. He could, you know, we love technical players. We love players who, yeah, sure, we love players who can, like Antonio. Antonio's not technical. He's just a speed merchant and he's just a bruiser. Um, Bowen's very, very quick, you know, and, but we don't have anyone who just, Gets us off our off our, our couch, can't we? Not a seat because we're not at the stadium, but gets us off our couch. Goes, Fuck! Look at that. You know, Lanzini did it in his early days. Um, Anderson did it occasionally. So it'd be nice to have someone like that. But we'll see. It'll probably all fall through next tomorrow. But don't matter. Fuck it. You know, so it doesn't matter. Anyway, anyway, let's move on as we always do. He's Eleven minutes in, I finally sort of asked the first question. Um, te- text man, let's find out about you before we talk about the the Fresno Irons. So, why are you a West Ham fan? Well, I'm a good person, Russ. I mean, that's what good people do. They root for West Ham United. Uh, Next question. um, Honestly, I got into – so I'm going to go ahead and just tell this story because it's like almost typical Americans, but I will kind of say it was a faith thing. So I have to admit, I saw the movie Green Street Hooligans. I did not know that West Ham was a real team. I will admit that. Um, I thought it was a made-up team for like a movie that, you know, you watch. So I didn't think much of it. And then um, I was at my friend's house who is a massive Chelsea supporter. And I didn't really, I like soccer, but I really liked MLS. I didn't realize how good everybody else is outside of MLS. I rooted for a team called FC Dallas here in uh, America. And so I started watching this game and they were playing. And I said to him, dude, is that West Ham United from Green Street Hooligans? He's like, yeah. And he goes, West Ham have to win this game or they get relegated. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I started watching the game. Well, West Ham lose to Chelsea 3-0, and it, was, it wasn't close. But at the end of the game, Didier Drogba scored a goal. And I remember going, man, that sucks for West Ham. And Mark Noble walked over and got in the face of Didier Drogba because Drogba put up the cross irons in the corners. Like, you ain't going to – like, you may win the game, but you ain't going to disrespect it. I remember going, that's my dude right there. I love yeah. that guy. And so Mark Noble's passion, even in a 3-0 loss – uh, really won me over. And so my friend was like, you got to choose a team. So I said, you know what, man, I'm going West Ham United. And so my first year rooting for them, they were in the championship. I had to get up every morning and 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 get on some seedy or websites to, to watch an illegal feed on my computer. And like my, my computer would download all this crazy spam. And it was, yeah. it was absolutely nuts, but that was my, it was so much fun watching, that year because they finished third in the championship, but they had those four straight draws when they were in first that just totally uh, ruined. It had to go into the playoff, but man, that playoff run was so much fun. And that, that's what really sold me is the fans. The fans sold me on West Ham because they're the most passionate fans I've ever seen. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good story, man. And I love the fact that the first game you saw, West Ham lost. It's like, do you know what? That set you up forever now, isn't it? As a West Ham fan. That's what I love. But even then, you sort of, you still, you know, that, that was enough. That was enough to draw you in. And I, and I can see a lot of parallels in terms of, you know, I've, as I said, the Fresno Irons have a, a bit of a reputation. And, and, and I can see, and I can see some, some, some reasoning behind it. How, how did it all start up in terms of the Fresno Irons? So here in Fresno, believe it or not, we have a very, very prominent soccer community. We have we support eight different supporter groups. Um, they're the big six of the Premier League and then West Ham. Um, and so what was kind of funny was the the Gooners here in town, the Fresno Gooners, actually won supporter group of the year from Arsenal. 
And so it was like this kind of this big deal. And so everybody knew about the Gooners. So I used to show up to their bar wearing West Ham gear when they would play West Ham and I would troll them. I would sing the songs. Like I'd be a total, uh, I mean, forgive me. I'd be a total yeah. cunt. Yeah. Like I would just obviously be outlandish and going. And what happened was one of these games, there was a Chelsea supporter there that just came to watch. And he's like, Hey, you know, next week, West Ham are playing Chelsea. We just started the central Valley blues. You should come over. So I was like, sweet, man, that's really cool. So I, I pop over to the Chelsea bar, I walk in and there's this old school punk rocker standing in the corner wearing a West Ham kit, like the old doc Martins, you know, you know, he had the total all about the culture. That's why he's a West Ham fan. I walked up as my boy named Steve. We ended up calling him the Godfather. And, um, I swear, me and him, we just started traveling around and trolling the other groups. We go to the Liverpool bar, we go to the Arsenal bar, we go to the Chelsea bar, we go to the Tottenham bar, and we troll. And then one of these games, it was an FA Cup game against Liverpool. Uh, we, we show up, and another guy walked in, a big old handlebar mustache, my boy named Jesse. And then there was three of us, and my, my buddy Jesse was like, hey, dude, my buddy owns a bar. We should just watch games there. So then that's the birth of the Fresno Irons was – the three of us trolling around, and then we ended up just starting to go to our own bar, and now we're about 25 deep. Fucking hell, I love it. I love it. That is, abs- that is absolutely brilliant because, you again, you still got that West Ham mentality. You know, it's like before we've even become a group, you know, we're going to go around and just trolling everyone and <laughs> just singing <laughs> us. So that's so what everyone would do. Oh, man, that's awesome. And it's lovely the fact that even though, you know, the bars are closed and stuff, that, you know, you're still doing house parties and stuff like that because it's just like it's so – it always, you know, it always really surprises me. And I was really naive before I started this channel about West Ham fans outside of of London. Really, to be honest, you know, it was like fuck. You know, to, I love chatting to all of you guys and over in the US because you just have this. You know, it's like I don't know. I think maybe because you're more fanatical because it's not on your doorstep. Do you know what I mean? I mean, fuck. You know, for like a. I mean, at the moment. All the games are like, you know, we have like seven o'clock at night. So that's like midday, your, you know, 11 your time. That's not too bad. But like, if it's like a 12 o'clock kickoff, you know, you guys up at four in the morning to watch the game. And we are always open at 4.30 a.m. And it's hilarious because uh, NBC Sports picked up one of our stupid little videos we did one time. Yeah. And I'm standing outside of our bar going, it is 4.15 in the morning in Fresno, California. And we're about to watch West End take on Man City. And they played it. They played it during the halftime of the game and said, gave us a shout out. It was pretty cool. So, uh, And with that game, I want to say the Tottenham group showed up to watch with us because their bar wasn't open. I know that's one thing that the Americans do that's kind of weird is we're all kind of family. You know, we talk yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. shit, but at the end of the game, we're buying each other beers. We have a good old time. Yeah. Um, I want to say that game, we had about 40 people in the bar at four in the morning wow. and we can't even serve beer that early. No, that's <laughs> what I mean. Yeah. It's like, you can't get, it's just, and also it's like, if we lose, that's really fucked up the rest of your day. Do you know what I mean? Because it's like you got up extra early and then you can go to bed pissed off for a couple of hours, then get up and just, oh, fuck it up. At least like if it's for us, if it's like a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, at least we're pissed off. We've got the rest of the night we're pissed <laughs> off and that's it, which happens more often than not as well. But um, and until recently, obviously, we haven't had, I mean, obviously, NBC Sports, you get all the football, you get all the games, everything's on and it's just, it's, it's brilliant. And uh 
at the moment in the UK, we're having sort of a bit of a bit of an issue with our broadcast people because they're trying to charge extra for non paper like pay per view games and stuff at the moment. But yeah, honestly, I just so much respect for you guys. I, I mean, would I get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch West Ham? I don't think I would. I'll be honest. I, I, think, I think if I you were in Fresno, California, we'd convince you. Yeah. Te yeah. When I when I was in Atlanta, I did get up really early. It wasn't even that early because it was on Central, but to watch an England game. I remember doing that. But uh, yeah. No, I don't. I, no, I don't know if I would. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I probably would because I knew because it'd be more fun. It's not about the game, is it? It's about meeting up, as you said, meeting with you guys and the 25 deep and just having so a laugh. So one thing that we've always kind of operated on, and this is one thing that's unique to our group, is we've always been very family oriented. We we have we have anywhere from every match. There's anywhere from five to fifteen kids, little kids that show up. Yeah. So we bought a bubble machine when we score a goal. We set the bubble machine off. The kids dance in the bubbles. We always have like West Ham themed stuff for them to do in the back while the adults are watching the game. Um, we're we're a massive family like it's it's kind of an honor to tell you that like most of our members are married with kids and they're showing up at four in the morning with the wife with the kids and it's such a cool little thing that we do so um i'm very you know we, we, it's really funny because the all the parents like they put the kids far enough back because we we do our language gets a little harsh from time to time yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but i mean we're just you know you know, I think Mark Noble said at the last game at the Bolin when he was standing on the stage, he goes, you know, this ain't a club, it's a family. And um, that's just kind of the way we, we just operate our little supporter group here in Fresno, California. And we always, we try to be inclusive and bring anybody that wants to be a part of this thing. And um, we've even like, uh, there was a time last year, one of the supporter groups here in town didn't have a place to watch. So we invited them. They were playing the same time we were. So we just put them on our side TV and we just told them they wouldn't have audio and they would have to deal with our singing. So <laughs> You can come in, but you have to sit in the corner and don't hear. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it, man. That's what it is, isn't it? It's all about, just like, as you said, the family aspects and, you know, even more so with no, you know, the fact that, you know, even in the UK, there's no one can go to the games. And so it's the whole family as aspect, even more so. It's lovely. And, and that's, it's really, and that, again, that's why I like doing this channel because like stories like yours, you know, and, you know, I've interviewed like fuck, the guys from the Indian Hammers, like fucking hell, you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus, the lengths they went to, to try and, you know, literally going through the West Ham Facebook group and sort of, Trump would love this going for like they were sort of socially profiling anyone who had an Indian sounding name and then emailing them to say, do you live in India? Da, da, da. If not, do you know, any, you know, to try and bump up this sort of supporters group? Uh, you know, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. This little team in East London, you know, all these guys all over the world is brilliant. Anyway, Texas, let's go and talk about your Hammers 11. As I said, you know, you know, you've. Is that you, you've come into the you came in at a good time, you know, because you won a lot of games in the championship season. You know, it was it was nice to see us win a few um, and be high up on the league, not on sort of the second page, um, which is what we, too often not. You know, that's what we are. Um, as I said, everyone we've had on the on the channel, whether it's an ex player or it's a fan, they've given us their eleven. So based on the eleven, it could have been favourite, worst best it doesn't matter the only rule is you have to be alive to have seen on play so probably for you maybe since you know the championship since you became a west ham fan really because you know to be fair you, you know i mean same as me i never saw billy bonds or trevor brookin or you know, bobby moore plays so they weren't in my team um and that's what we do so what we'll do is we'll we'll do yours tex um let's start off in goal who's between the sticks for the tex 11 
Uh, it's it's uh, it's the only man that I would choose, and that's Rob Green. I think Rob Green was clearly the best goalie I've seen play for West Ham. Um, he's just a phenomenal player. I mean, he was England's number one. He did have a huge gaffe against the Americans. Thank you, Rob Green, and we do appreciate that. Um, but, uh, I mean, Rob Green was just a guy that um, – there's no offense to Jeska Linen who came in after him, and no offense to Adrian um, or currently Lucas Fabianski, but I've never – like. When Rob Green was good, he was almost unbeatable. Um, I know his, his run with us was was short, and he was really only dominant for a couple of years, but he was dominant enough to get an England call-up, and England is where the game was invented. So if you're getting call-up for that national team, you must know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know what you mean. And, yeah, he was, was just solid, weren't he? I mean, you've interviewed quite a few people that were playing around Rob's time in the squad, and then they, they talk about just how much of a model – a role model he was to because he just trained and trained and tra- that's all he did you know it's like everyone else be going ready out to go for nights out or go to the pub and rob was still there trading trading and he was just a strange man bold accounts unusual man <laughs> but he was really very good on the old finances he always used to read the financial times and stuff but uh Aren't you supposed to be a little crazy to play goalie? So man, that makes you sense have to be but he was like the other way you know most people are like crazy like I don't know uh you know, they do do stupid things, but he was crazy the other way in terms of being very intellectual. You know what I mean? It's like the other side of the spectrum. But uh, no, he was a good man. He's good, as you said. And anyone who takes a piss out of themselves, like him, where he used to, you know, before he became England goalkeeper, he had like England number six stitched on his gloves because he was like sixth choice goalkeeper for England. And, oh shit, like that! I love it. I think he's brilliant. <laughs> he's such a man. Right, um, text. We're gonna play four four two or. I, I, I've got a formation that um, I, I was going 4-2-3-1, but it technically could be a 4-4-2, so we can go that route. Oh, I would just do this. Okay, who's going to be left back then? So this is tough for me because, uh, especially when it comes to left and right back, um, honestly, left back, I have to go with Aaron Cresswell. Yeah. He has been the best that I've seen. Um, I don't, if I had every West Ham player available, I don't even know if he makes my bench. But from what I've watched, Aaron Cresswell is my left back. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, you know, until until he got injured, he was he was he was good. He was very good. And he said now he at least he's sort of resurrected his career somewhat. You know, just playing that sort of back three. But yeah, I mean, again, it's same as all West Ham players. You know, they get injured and they just get fucked, and they just see it. You know, they just don't never come back the same. And unfortunately, Aaron was one of them. Right, let's go the other one. Let's get the two tricky ones. We had the left back. Let's get the right back out the way. Um. <sighs> Again, right back has been even – that's even a harder choice yeah. than left back because you don't have a lot. So I have to go with the guy who we had past his prime, and that's Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah, so yeah. I, I go with Zaba. Zabaleta. Where is he? I didn't know. <laughs> we'll just keep talking about Zabaleta. Yeah, there we go, Pablo Zabaleta. Yeah. <laughs> As if by magic. Yeah, it was a shame. We tend to always get players at the bookends of their career, I call them. So they're either just about to retire or they're just starting off, you know. So like, you know, that that year you had both. You had Zabaleta and then you had Ngakia. So you had literally <laughs> both ends, both played all, all that season. But I mean, he was a great, you know, he was a good, I mean, he was fantastic in the Premier League. And, you know, it's, um, it's a shame because it's like it would be nice for someone like him to just hang around a bit as being a coach. Do you know what I mean? Training like Ben Johnson and... 
I mean, they've got we've got some really good fullbacks, like young kids like Ashby, who played in the cup last last couple of games. Um, you know, we've got some and obviously Kufal as well. You know, the uh, he looks solid, and so maybe we might have turned the corner. I and one thing I got to say about Zaba, one big part of the reason that I I think I would choose him over a lot of West Ham right backs, um, at least to the bench, just because of his passion and the yeah. work rate he put in, and he always put in a shift. Um, he was. You know, yeah, he's not going to offer much going forward, but you want him on the pitch because he's a coach on the field. Yeah, you're right. And and that's what West Ham fans want. They just put a shift in. It's not our fault. It's not, it's not his fault. He wasn't. He was 35 and was getting run over by Sane and Saar and all these wingers. That's not his fault, but he, he carried on trying. And I think that's what West Ham fans want, you know, just to put a shift in, as you said. Okay. Right, Zab's in. Let's go centre backs. Who's your first centre back then, Tex? Oh, it's 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 maybe one of my all time favorite West Ham players. That's Winston Reed, baby. I gotta yeah. go with Winston. Uh, he the you know the man from New Zealand. I mean, he was absolutely incredible. Uh, obviously, he's got a degenerative injury that you know he's never really gonna obviously wow. recover from. Although he did score a goal for Sporting KC he here did. in America. Good yeah, and so my big thing with him, you know, how do you leave a guy off that scored the last ever goal at the bowling? Like, how do you leave him off the team? You can't. You can't. Yeah. He's he's always going to go down in, in sort of West Ham folklore history because of that, isn't it? And, and what I like about Winnie Reid is like, I mean, he's been here a long, 10 years. I mean, we signed him in 2010 World Cup, weren't we? Um, and again, he always put a shift in. Do you know what I mean? I don't, you know, he might have had a shit game, but he's, he would dust himself off and carry on and you know it's great that he's actually over there and over where you are and you know so he's, he's right he scored that on on saturday and hopefully get a few games under his belt then who knows what happens man who knows you know obviously be nice to see him at least get like a little bit of a send-off you know what i mean coming back here and he's only on loan so who knows what happens uh Out- Right. Outside of that, uh, I want to yes. say this though. Outside of that one goal, the uh, last goal to Bolin, yeah. I'll still never forget the first season at the new stadium. He pulled off a Cruyff turn and slammed one in. I'll never forget that. <laughs> I was like, that was a center back that just did yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is funny, isn't it? When center backs do things like that. I remember Anton Ferdinand scored an absolute peach of a volley against Fulham, and he's a center back. You know what I mean? It's like, what the fuck? You know, it's almost like they're frustrated forwards, aren't they? They just got to show that we can do it, but I choose not to because I'm a defender. <laughs> That's what I love. I love that. Right, who's he going to partner in the centre then, Tex? Man, uh, that I was going down the list and I and I almost left this person off and I kicked myself. But I got to go with James Collins, Ginger Pele, man. That's my guy. Uh, like probably one of the – there's probably not a player that I think the club means more to than him, maybe than Mark Noble. Him and Noble, uh, just them, they're, they're West Ham – through and through and that's what i absolutely love about him he he respects the badge on the shirt and he always fights for the badge puts in a shift and he's uh just i mean you never know what he's gonna do he's a lot of fun to watch he is and it was i mean it was bless him there was he always made a mistake at like every game just like overran it or or, or missed the ball. but you couldn't fault his work work ethic do you know what i mean it'd be like he would put a shift in and i love players who do that i love players who throw their body on the ball you know throw their body on the line you know and 
also i love players who give their shirt away but properly you know not just like toss it nonsensely into the crowd uh, you know but actually pick out a little kid a bit like you know a bit like when you see the baseball you know yeah you know, the mlb and like the, the picture that like you know it's always like you know it's a foul ball ever and whoever's the ball boy would just like toss it into the crowd nonsensely you know what i mean he's like yeah fuck it have it but it was like no you're gonna have it there we go and i, I love players that do that properly and he was he was class and i, I hope somehow he something back in the club you know somewhere in some capacity because um we we need that i think um as you said there's not many not many people like that around particularly who play for west ham modern days and so you need to cherish them guys right okay let's move into midfield um text you go for the team as you want man don't have to do it it's four four two you do it in whatever positions you want man so my two in front of the center backs the the partner in the holding mid area would be mark noble uh i have to have mr west Ham in there since i've been watching um, I've never seen a guy get more shit and be more important to the team than Mark Noble. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. I understand that he is not one of the most technical gifted uh, players, but Mark Noble is a guy that will throw a punch for the badge. And that's why I absolutely love him. And I partner him with Declan Rice because yeah. I think Declan is a transcendent talent. And I think we're very fortunate to have him. Um, and I, I was trying to think like, who do I partner with him? Like I, I, I even gave check Kuyate a little bit of a thought, but I was like, man, Declan is so much better than Kuyate ever was. So to me, it's noble and rice are the partners in nice. front of the center backs. Nice. And you're right. Yeah. I think, I think there's anyone better. He's I, honestly, I think in his position, I don't know I, in that sort of defensive box to box position that he plays at the moment. I don't know. I can't think of anyone else in the world who's he's he's played. He's at his level. He's so good at the moment. You know what I mean? He's just so good, and like, and that's why. I mean, of course, you know, it's a case of it's a case of when, not if. We know that, but. I just don't want him to go to Chelsea because if he goes to Chelsea, Frank Lampard will put him into centre back, and England's lost one of the greatest box-to-box midfielders in the world, you know, ever. And it's like, oh, it's, 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 it would ruin him. And we know it, it was almost like it was almost like when we played that game against Everton in the cup. It was almost like. West Ham put Deck at centre back, knowing he wasn't going to do very well, to prove the fact that he can't. He's not a very good centre back anymore. He's a better defensive midfielder, a box to box. And with Suchek, he's brilliant because they can both bomb forward now. And it's just, oh, it's brilliant. It, it works out really well both of them together. But anyway, okay. And obviously, Mister Noble's Mister Noble. What can you say about him? You know, having a fan. He's the only. It's the only kit I will buy with a name on the back. Will be him right now. Really? That's the only name on the back. Well, he's he's gonna he will not go anywhere else. He's the one guy I can count on to know that his name, when you see Noble on the back of a West Ham shirt, you know that's the captain. He's been yeah. our captain for so long. Yeah, he is. And I and I and I like to think in my sort of my claret tinted glasses that Mr. Rice will take a lot from Mr. Noble because he's not stupid. Like you said, he gets a lot. Mark does get a lot of free passes, I think, you know, because he's Mark Noble. You know, if he plays a six, people will say he's played a seven. You know what I mean? It's like where where someone else, like, I know, fucking, I don't know, any other, everyone ever will play a six and everyone says they've played a four. Um, and Deck's not stupid. And I'd love to think Deck would go, do you know what? I could do this and I could be the next Mr. West Ham and stay forever. It won't happen. I mean, that's the dream, man. <laughs> that's I, I, the fucking dream. That's the dream. We got to start winning games and give them a reason to stay. 
Yeah, yeah. Give them the give them the captain's armband. Give them a new contract and start winning games, and then and invest. You know, obviously some players coming in as well. You can see it's a lot of people that have left, and that must have been frustrating for a squad player. We know it was frustrating for Mark because he came out and tweeted it, didn't he? And so, and do you know what? That that gave him so much kudos, didn't it? Because everyone's like, you know. Because that must take some balls to do that, and uh, I don't think that, think that Mark Noble has no problem speaking his mind. No, that's he doesn't. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. And I think that's what that's what you want in the captain, because you're a club captain. You're not just captain of the of the eleven. You you represent the whole club. So yeah, right. Okay, Mark and Deck in. Who is the next player then? Tex. So I'm going to give you my three that I sit behind the striker. Nice. Um, on the left-hand side, and now just everybody remember, these are the players that I've seen. So on the left-hand side, this was tough, but I, I was thinking about it. I've got to go Mikel Antonio. Um, I know that he's not that great there, but I like his physicality, and I like his yeah, pace yeah, yeah. on the left-hand side. And as a right-footed player, that's the side I want him on, even though I remember one game we tried to play him on the right, and it was an atrocity. Um, <laughs> on the right-hand side, I had a lot. I had a really hard time, and so I'm – I'm going to go with a player that I honestly think needs to be starting in West Ham's team. I really believe that. I just don't know who I put him over, and, and I'm going with Lanzini on the right. Um, he's too he's too dangerous. He's got he's got too much to offer. Problem yes. is, there's something wrong with him right now, and I don't know if that maybe he doesn't want to be there. Maybe he doesn't understand the tactics. But I mean, Lanzini when he was partnered with Anatovic, like they were deadly. Um, they were so much fun to watch. And then, <laughs> don't shit on me, but the guy that I have to sit in behind the striker in that number 10 role without question is Dimitri Payet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every, I mean, know, everyone says that. Everyone goes, oh, oh everyone's going to hate me, but everyone still fucking picks him. You know what I mean? Because you, you have to. Him. Yeah, he is. You have to. Like, it's just, I, I don't appreciate the way he went out, but – if we're just looking at what he did on the pitch, I have never, ever seen a player dominate for us like no, he did. He was so deadly. He was, he was, he, and he was, you know, he was, he was the man, you know. I mean, I don't remember. He's the only player I can remember who every one of my friends wanted. Uh, you know, <laughs> fans, you know, like in there, whether it's Tottenham fan or Chelsea fan, no, no one ever wants our players. Maybe did Kanye maybe for a bit, or as you said, if, you know, it's a Diot when he played all right. But everyone wanted Payet. You know, he was like, everyone was picking him for their fantasy football league team. And it was like, you know, he's like, yeah, fucking hell. He plays for West Ham. This is like, you know, the 13th or his 15th best player in the Ballon d'Or. He was playing for West Ham. It's like, what? You know, it's like. I will I will never forget the Euros when he scored that goal for France. All the we all got together the Fresno Irons and he scored that goal and we erupted started singing we've got Pyatt like in this crowded bar and my buddy who's an Arsenal fan texts me he goes you guys are going to be insufferable now <laughs> absolutely absolutely love that was that last year at the Bowl in with him and then even that summer with the Euros getting to watch him play for France was so magic it was so much fun you're so right it was like he was the man and it was like. You know, in my lifetime, obviously, some people were lucky enough to see, you know, more Hurston Peters in 66. And, you know, but having a West Ham player almost be like the star of the show, you know, it's like it just it was really sort of like filled with your pride. And as you said, like you were all chanting for, yeah, we were all cheering for France. It just like made no <laughs> sense. You know what I mean? But 
he was the man and it was great because you'd watch like obviously because slavin was doing the commentary at the uk and london in the, in the english commentary yeah on the on the desk like <laughs> like a little proud dad you know what i mean it was just lovely it was just it all obviously went sour about three months afterwards but fuck that you know you don't remember about that it's what he bought and as you said he wouldn't have if it wasn't for him he wouldn't have had that last season it wouldn't have been so magical um and and that's that's something which we'll always and you know even when he was in the new stadium you know he did that awesome goal against middlesbrough where he beat everyone twice and you know, he's still, yeah, still a really good player. But, you know, and unfortunately with those types of players, they do throw their toys out of the pram and you know, they don't get what they want. So he's done it every, he did it at every club, every club. I mean, Mar- Marseille got, he went back to Marseille after he did it for them and came to us. So fuck it, you know what I mean? You know, never say never in football, do you? Right, okay, so we've got one more spot, I believe, Tex, for the striker. Well, the, so West Ham's striker woes are widely known. Um, so when you you got a lot of names, but a lot of production that we had, I, I'm going to go with a guy, and I'm going to tell you the story before I drop his name. When I started uh, following um, football, soccer over here for us Americans, yeah. I know that we're idiots. Yeah. But um, when I started really getting into football, one thing that I, I did is started playing FIFA like everybody else. Yeah. And I used to play my friends, and I would only play with West Ham. They'd play with Barcelona. Real, Chelsea, all those teams, and they would do that. And I was like, no, I'm going to beat you with West Ham. And they go, so I, I practiced. I got really good. And I got so good with this player, I made my friend throw his uh, controller <laughs> at the window, broke the window, broke the controller, and said this line, Carlton Cole is not that good. And that's why he is my striker. Follow your dreams, Carlton Cole. That oh, is my guy. And it's his birthday today. Oh, happy birthday, Mr. Cole. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, that's the best present, Tex, isn't it? <laughs> it's the best present to be in your 11. That's brilliant. Yeah. And I love the fact, I love the fact, despite the fact that you were playing play Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich, you stuck with West Ham. You stuck with West Ham and just got really good just to really fuck them off. No, I love that. Even my FIFA, I mean, I haven't played FIFA this year, actually, since, you know, you thought with lockdown, I'd have started, I'd have like got some good FIFA in, but... I started this channel and so that took all my FIFA time out. And so my FIFA time team last season was brilliant. There were no West Ham players in it, unfortunately, but they were in the shirt, but yeah, in the stadium, but yeah, <laughs> you know, I just had all the best players, but I was really crap. I was almost going to do my own YouTube channel, you know, because everyone on YouTube who plays FIFA is really good. And I thought, do you know what? Be good to have somebody who's really shit. And that'd be me because I'm just absolutely appalling in it. I'm so bad. I had the best players and I just, lose to some 10 year old probably from you know some, somewhere in the world you know christ knows but yeah i'm absolutely rubbish text man it's been absolutely lovely chatting to you i've really 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 enjoyed it it's absolutely brilliant i got i got one story that i meant to tell you and Go this on, is then. one thing that's uh kind of endeared the fresno irons to at least west ham united so out here in fresno as shocking as this is there is a former west ham player that lives here and I had heard rumors of him for a long time. And so I, I started a, a, a manhunt. I started to try and track this person down. And I'll never forget, my buddy sent me a picture of this car with a license plate that said WHU64FA. That's all it said, West Ham United 1964FA. Well, there's a, the goalie of that team in 1964 was a man by the name of Jim Standen. Yeah. And Jim Standen lives in Fresno, California. 
and I finally tracked him down and I invited him out to a Fresno Irons watch party against, against Liverpool. And it, it happened to be his birthday week. So we went down to a bakery. We got a bakery to make a West Ham themed. They made a kit that was his kit and made the cake. Um, West Ham United sent us a, a kit and we presented it to him and he watched the match with us. And that made, that meant so much to him. Like he was like, I can't believe you guys even know who West Ham is. And in fact that you know who I am. Yeah, yeah. And so he will pop in probably at least to five or six games a year and watch with us and have a pint. And he's an absolutely brilliant man. Um, and to have an FA cup champion stand amongst yeah. your midst is incredible. And, the best part, honestly, Russ, the best part is after the game, he'll sit at the bar with us and just tell us stories about Bobby Moore, Trevor Brooking, the Bowland, what the Easton was like. Like he even talks about um, what, what are the famous gangster twins? Apparently, he the knew craze. them. The craze. Yeah. He talks about the craze and like it's just. I mean, it's like going through a West End history lesson, East End oh, history wow. lesson. It's so incredible just to have him even like us enough to show up to a match. Yeah. Do you know, it's giving me goosebumps. That's really weird, isn't it? It's giving me goosebumps. Yeah. How sad, but it's giving me goosebumps. That's amazing, honestly. And you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been extremely fortunate to interview lots of lots of ex-players, and every one of them is incredible. You know, they just, they've got so much time for people, and they tell the story. And I, I could listen to the stories all day. Do you know what I mean? And particularly the older players, as you said, like Jim, and we've interviewed um, loads, loads of them. And actually, the stories they tell are incredible because they are about Bobby Moore and they are about, you know, Jeffers. And just as you said, that the whole, you know, when they had fucking, you know, a job as well as playing football, you know, they had like all like Jim and that lot and Harry Redknapp and Frank, they all had stalls down the market and stuff. And Bobby Moore had a sports clothing shop across the road from the stadium and he would work in there, you know, and it's just, yeah. That's brilliant. That is so cool. That is so cool. A great story, man. And yeah. so, it's just, I love it. Cause it's just like, you know, a, a, just in Fresno, you know, you've just got this World Cup, FA Cup winning sort of, <laughs> and there's not many of them about, you know what I mean? Like, it was still alive, you know, God bless them, you know, so they need to be cherished. That is brilliant, man. Absolutely brilliant. I will, I'll track him down and get him on the channel. It'll be funny, man. Well, you let me know. I, I've got his contact info, so you just let we'll me know. Do. We'll get him on text. We'll get him on text. Don't worry. Don't worry about that. Listen, man, it's been amazing. I've, I've genuinely really, really loved it. You know, 45 minutes has flown by. It's gone crazy. I said 45 minutes, and I was just almost 45 minutes. So there we go. So thank you so much, man. I've loved it. Um, and obviously, thanks everyone for watching or listening, um, whether you're watching on YouTube or whether you're listening to it on I can't remember that. I always forget it. Spotify or Apple Podcast or whatever. Whatever it is, give it a like, give it a share. Um, and if you're in Fresno, hit text up, man. And it, he'll he'll take you out for a drink. There we go. That's it. You're going to get the whole of... of no, no one can go over that at the moment because no one can travel. So you're right for a little while. <laughs> and until next time, for me and Tex, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Wash those hands. Come on your irons. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.